This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey guys, it's Laura. And Angela. We are about to start this week's show, but first we want to thank our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Adam and Eve is where we get all of our sexy stuff. And guys, it's summer. Get yourself some new summery lingerie and toys. Yeah, it's getting hot. Not just outside. In your pants. Oh, God. This is... <laughs> get a vibrator. What I'm saying is get yourself a vibrator. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item, including a vibrator. Yeah. And when you select your one item, maybe a vibrator, at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free mystery gift. And to top it all off, they will even throw in free shipping on your entire order. We know what you're going to be doing to use that summer Friday off. Using your vibrator. Yes. Go to adamandeve.com. Come and use our code SINGLE at checkout. That's S-I-N-G-L-E at adamandeve.com. Use our code SINGLE at adamandeve.com. Now Now let's start start the the show. show. This is why you're single. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is Living Libido Loco. Living Libido Loco. We, we need a, a sound cue there. We do. We need Ricky Martin live in studio. <laughs> also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, weird things that happen when you masturbate, and what guys are self-conscious about during sex. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener whose boyfriend never wants to have sex and another who has never orgasmed with a partner. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest, she is a nurse practitioner and the founder of FemMed, a whole health sanctuary for women in NYC, where she focuses on sexual health therapies, including those that increase the female libido, hence the title of this week's episode. She is also the host of the Sacred Medicine podcast, which encourages women to recognize their innate feminine wisdom. Please welcome to the podcast, Margaret Romero. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, So, Margaret, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in this whole sex medicine space and how you went from becoming a nurse practitioner to finding this niche. Niche. (laughs) So it really began back in Boulder, Colorado, when I took over a women's health practice um, in integrative medicine, and there I learned everything about bioidentical hormone therapy and all kinds of things regarding libido. And so when I just recently rebranded and relaunched my business, found a beautiful space in uh, near Carnegie Hall in Manhattan, I decided, you know what? I love helping women with sexual health. I love creating something for them that they're either unable to have orgasms or they're just walking around with zero libido. So I just started seeing this so much that I knew I needed to bring this and create this FemMed, the space for women. Why, how do people, what, what sort of, I guess, sexual health therapies do you perform? So there's so many different things. So it all depends on if a woman is, uh, so these are the two common things that I see. A woman that comes in and she says, I have zero libido. I have zero desire for my boyfriend, um, husband, whatever, and they absolutely do not want to have sex. 
They have zero interest, and they and they used to. And it's not that they're menopausal. Or, no, yeah. they're not. What they is are, the age range? I was gonna, that was my next question. Speaking of menopausal, thirties. I'm starting to okay. see them in their thirties, and the big one of the biggest reasons for women, especially in their thirties and forties, with very low libido, zero to none, is being on birth control for many, 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 many years. Birth control will crush a woman's libido. I think I do remember, I mean, it's been so long since I was on birth control, but I think I do remember just like not really being into sex when I was on birth control. And that's only like the pill birth control or all like different types? All of them. Oh, Oh, yeah. I didn't have that issue when I had my IUD, just when I had... Well, yes. If you so, if you're on the copper IUD, which has zero hormone. No, I had the one with hormones. Oh, the Mirena. Yeah, I had like the Mirena, the seven to ten year one. Okay, good, good, good. Well, that I'd say the higher probability is when you're actually taking the pill, and a lot of women start it when they're like 18, if they have heavy periods or you know really bad cramps. They'll go on birth control. If they start being sexually active in college, they'll just be on birth control, and then they're on it through whenever they want to have. Babies. The Mirena hormones, I think, are so small. I mean, they could probably still f- affect you, but n- probably not as much as the pill. Is that right? Well, they're not as intense as the pill, and the pill seems to be more common. It's the thing that women are just like, okay. Because a lot of women, when they have never had children and you try to insert an IUD at times, compared to women uh, inserting an IUD with a woman that's had a baby, it's a little bit more difficult, a little bit more It is painful, painful as shit. I will tell you, that's what I hear. It would hurt so bad, but it was it, it hurt really bad. But it was like a thousand, hundred, million, gazillion times worth it. Because it was like three minutes of it feel of it feeling like someone was like squeezing my ovaries. That's what it felt like. I was like, ow, 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 holy shit, ow. But but then it's over. Once it's in, there's zero pain. I mean, I guess sometimes you have a little cramping, but like yeah. I, I just don't remember having really any cramping. It was really painful to put in for like three minutes. And then it was like bliss. It was like magical bliss. It was like, oh, <laughs> like I don't have to take the pill ever again. And I have like, and I'm extremely confident I will not become pregnant. So it was, you know, and that, that lasted for 10 years. So it was 100% worth it. The fear of those three minutes of pain is the only thing stopping me. <laughs> but ironically, giving birth but, would probably hurt even more. Yeah, but so. I also forgot to take, they tell you to take like pain medication before you go in. Oh. And I forgot. So that mm. didn't help. You switch. went all natural. <laughs> yeah, I went all natural with my IUD. They um, usually have you come in and get it during your period. Do they have you do that? Really? I don't think so. I think, oh yeah, I forgot. You're right, they do. I think when I, w- when I went to get it inserted the second time, they were like, come in during your period. And then I like, they took out, they had to take out the first one and I was going to get a second one put in. And taking out the first one was like, there was like five seconds where it reminded me of the pain of the first one. And I was like, you know, actually I might want to have kids, <laughs> so I'm good. So then Nick and I just used condoms for like a little bit until we, then obviously now I'm pregnant. Right. We obviously then, I don't know how much longer after that, maybe like a year or two decided to have kids after my whole journey of Right, you know, listen to my Laura's pregnant episode <laughs> if you want to go on my journey. But um, but uh, yeah, the second time they did tell me to come in when I had my period, but mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't think they did that the first time. Why is that? Because you're the os, which is the the opening in the cervix, it's bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a little bit easier insertion. 
Okay, so these 30-year-old women who have been on birth control, they come into your office and they're like, I don't want to have sex. Help. I want my libido back. What do you do? What type of therapies? Okay, so there's a few different things. So one is we have to talk about, like, do you want to be on birth control or are you going to, you know, when do you want to have kids soon? If you're in your mid-30s, are you? So it's a conversation of deciding whether or not we get them off the pill. And as like a nurse practitioner, are you allowed to recommend? Because or do you do they need to go to like a doctor to get maybe switching the type of birth control or things like that? Or you or can you prescribe things? Oh no, I can prescribe. Um, I don't do IUD insertions though or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we decide. Well, do you want to stay on the birth control because ultimately your libido will be in the garb in the garbage? So. Um, <laughs> So sometimes women will decide, I want to get off the pill. And then some decide, you know, I want to stay on it. And then we can add, we can add certain things. We can add a little, I do all kinds of blood work, test all the hormones, including testosterone. And if we need to add a little testosterone, we can, um, things like that. There's also lots of like external things that there's clitoral creams. If you've heard of the scream cream, there's things like that. Wait, no, I yeah, have not. Well, I Talk to us like we are from <laughs> Mars because I've not. I Which didn't, apparently we are. Because, because I didn't know about clitoral cl- cream. Never heard of Scream it. Scream cream. Oh. Scream cream. Never heard of that. Okay, so it's cream that is formulated like in a compounding pharmacy. And it, it there's several different kinds with all different kinds of ingredients. Some can range from it being a little testosterone you don't want to add too much or have too high of a dosage, though, because the clitoris... Will I start, like, getting hair on my chest? <laughs> no, but your clitoris <laughs> your clitoris can actually grow. like Into it, a penis? It, okay. It starts to... It, it sort of <laughs> swells up, and it beca- it's become slightly enlarged. But, like, and not so, permanently or permanently? <laughs> sometimes permanently. And how enlarged are we talking? Like, is it going to look like... They have a little penis down there. No, I'm gonna say like um, the size of um, smaller than a smaller than a grape. Um, maybe like a raisin. A raisin, like a raisin, like a jelly, be- a jelly bean. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's good. That's good. Jelly bean. Because yeah. I would say normal clit is like uh, mm, half a jelly bean. Yeah. Well, we shouldn't say normal, right? <laughs> uh, average. 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 Yeah. <laughs> All of our clits are yeah. beautiful, unique. Blah blah blah. But that's yeah. That's I'm not shaming <laughs> no, clits because la- that's girls really, have like weird <laughs> no issues about their vaginas. That's usually an issue with like l- labia, right, labia shaming. Yeah, which is not cool to do because yes, right. all vaginas are beautiful and come in different shapes. But I've never heard of like yeah. I guess that's true. I've never. I've, I appreciate you like we're jumping like, in to correct me, but I've never heard of clit shaming unless I'm on another. Unlike planet. men, we're not like. Standing yeah. around comparing our clits. No, up. I've never I heard of that. Cl- I just want to clarify. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, but I've never heard of it being a thing to clit shame. But I don't want to do it. I don't want to be the one to create it. But but yeah, so average is like half a jelly bean, and it could increase from anywhere from full jelly bean to grape. I've never seen the grape size. <laughs> oh, okay. I can't. I that would be big. Th- Grapes that- are bigger than you think. Yeah, grapes are big. Gra- so grapes be can be really out. big. Yeah, no, I think that's very huge. No, I don't. I've never seen it that big before. Jelly bean. I'd say more like a jelly bean, which probably isn't that big of a problem. It probably guys would probably actually find that helpful to find it easier. So, yeah, 
some guys could use that. <laughs> so, but that'll definitely happen, or that's just like a possible side effect. That's a possible side effect. Okay. Um, you can also take testosterone orally in women, very tiny, small doses, really helps to increase libido in a really nice way. Um, and you know you're taking too much if you get a little bit extra irritable. And then you kind of back down. There, I've never seen a woman like, like a man. Right? No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Irritable like a man with all that testosterone. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, and then then I've got the perimenopausal women who come in late forties, fifties, whose libidos are shot, and not necessarily from history of birth control, though that definitely plays a part. Um, their adrenals are very low. All of their, you know, as we all age, our, all of our hormones decline. So that's completely normal to see. Yet when it starts, when a woman is under stress for a very long time, when she's, you know, working 12-hour days and she's just like hustling all the time and she's really in sort of like her masculine mode, she's really burning out her, her adrenals. And then we'll see a drop in libido for sure. So also testing to see where the adrenals and all the hormones are and then going from there. And so besides the, the screen cream, what are other therapies? So there's another therapy. Have you guys heard of the O-Shot? I have only heard of the O-Shot because of you. But And our minds were blown. And our minds were blown, but I would... I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and assume most people haven't. So, so start from scratch. Explain this O shot. Okay. So the O shot is. So first of all, have you guys heard of something called PRP? No. Procedure or the term PRP. What's it stand for? Um, pure. I'm sorry. Not pure protein. Pure, <laughs> I'm having a tongue tie right now. Um, it's It's actually the thing that people use to inject um, shoulders, knees. They draw your blood. Is this like a vampire facial situation? Yes, 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 it is. Is that a real term? Or? Yes. Yeah, oh. vampire facials. Angela, you should know the vampire facial. The Kardashians do Oh, it, I thought you, you were just making a joke about like, like you know, taking no, it's people's like, blood and injecting okay, it into it's you. It's something where, you, all right, I'm going to guess from my like, and then Mari, tell me if I'm correct. Okay. They like draw your blood. They separate the platelets. Or something to do with platelets. I still don't really know what platelets are. It's been a long time since I've been in a science class. Science. But they separate the platelets and then they do a facial where they like put them on your skin. Or maybe I'm gonna get maybe they do something where they 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 do the little pricks with needles so that it soaks into your skin more. And then supposedly using your own platelets, it like plumps up your face. All right, now that sounds- now. <laughs> Now, now okay. tell us. Now tell us good. what really good, happened. Good. It is truly so, medieval. That's that's what I've read from the entertainment websites. But but tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> so it stands for platelet rich plasma. So you're right. They draw your blood. You spin it down with a special centrifuge, and you use the um, the platelets that form the they um, they separate out, and then you draw that up and you inject. And so when it's done in the face, they also do it. For the breast to also do a lift, they do it in the penis. You can also do it in the joints. If someone has injuries, knee injuries, shoulder injuries, things like that, then it causes it to be um, rejuvenation of the area and healing and all of that. When it is used for in the clitoral area and in the vagina, then it helps women to have multiple orgasms and 
um, have amazing, outstanding, very intense, and very deep orgasms. So this process isn't just getting them back to normal. It's like actually making it better than before, it sounds like. Yes. So if I have no problems, but I'm like, <laughs> you know, multiple orgasms sound great. And sure, my orgasms are great, but I'll, why not make them more intense? I could just get this done and it, and I would just be like like a mind-blowing like sex goddess. Yes. <laughs> You wow. know, do you give discounts to podcasts that you're on? I'm so single at checkout. Because Angela and I are would like to do a girls hangout at your office. Totally. I'm sure totally. it'll be very bonding. A best friend vagina injection date. So is that painful? Is that like, because it's like a needle, right? It is. It is. I don't like needles in my arms, so... <laughs> there's numbing, so we numb the area. Okay. And there's numbing cream to numb the area. And surprisingly, inside the vagina is not really that sensitive. So you're not really feeling any sort of intense pain at all. I can vouch for that only because when I got, oh. when, I, when I did um, uh, late, like a, a full Brazilian laser of the vagine region, they like, they like laser everything. And, um, and like, you know, the inside-ish areas did not hurt. It's like the outside <laughs> that felt like when you're waxing. Like right, it hurts right, when you right, wax. Right. But I mean, if the for, outside is for, definitely For anyone sensitive. that's like gotten like everything waxed even, you know, like certain areas of the wax hurt more than others. That's Have you true. done the wax? Yes, thing? yes. And right? It is true. The inside areas don't hurt as much, There's right? certain parts that are just tougher. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that makes sense with needles too probably, right? Yeah. So one thing, you cannot get the O-shot. Well, the O-shot will not help if you come to me and you're like, I have zero libido. It'll enhance a a woman that's having sort of um, regular orgasms already or maybe she's not experiencing them as often as she would like. Let's say she's having sex and she's like, I don't know, I just can't. It just seems to be a little bit harder. Um, we would still check blood work, but definitely if you're having zero libido, then it's not going to rev that up. That I have to help you with other in other ways, and then we can always consider the O-shot later on. But the O-shot for women um, tend to be for women who just kind of want more of a really intense and really deep and multiple orgasms. Who doesn't? Uh, and how long does this does this last? So, like the scream cream is something you kind of probably gotta like always apply, right? Or you can also you can apply that like fifteen minutes or thirty minutes before intercourse. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. and then and then the O shot. How long does that last? Anywhere between nine and twelve months. Okay, hmm. all right. So those two options. Uh, any other therapies that you that you do? Um, well, the O shot also helps with urinary incontinence. So after, you know, when women, after they have children, sometimes they tend to find that they are, they kind of dribble or they sneeze and like a little comes out or they're on a trampoline and a little comes <laughs> out. So this also helps. That's so interesting because you know, we had like a pelvic floor therapist on that talked um, about like about this. Yeah. And I, and I've still never, I'd, it's like I, they didn't bring up the O-shot. Not that there's anything wrong. I feel like it's like different 
aspects of medicine that are focusing on different things, mm. you know? Right. Like for them, it would be more like exercises, but there's also like shots you can do. I don't know. It's well, it sounds like the main purpose of the shot, just based on the name, is like the orgasm and is, is the helping the incontinence kind of like a happy side effect? Or is that something that could be prescribed purely? I mean, I'm pregnant, like so I'm, I'm worried. I mean, I, I'm worried about this. I haven't had this happen yet. Like, There's like a lot of my pregnant friends are like, you know, they like joke about it. Bef- like in prenatal yoga, they're like, ha ha, you know, when you sneeze and pee comes out, I'm like, ha ha ha, it's not happening to me, you know? Like that's just not, that's not, I mean, it's fine if it is. I just haven't experienced that yet, but I'm worried about it happening right. in the future. Well, this would be a real multi-purpose solution. Yes. Yeah. It would be. <laughs> Are there any other benefits to the O-Shot? Like hidden in there? Like I mean, it helps eggs? with in- increases lubrication, climaxability. Um, it's really more, and also the multiple aspects of it as well. And how soon after having kids should Angela and I come in? <laughs> Theoretically. <laughs> uh, like when well, can, if when you have a in? vaginal delivery, yeah. I would give it a couple of months. A couple months. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Um, speaking of vaginal, <laughs> what would you say are like the essentials to having a healthy vagina? Hmm. This is a great question. Thank you. <laughs> So in terms of like how to avoid infection or just like like vagina agen- maintenance, yeah, vagina maintenance is like, like okay, like wake up every day. What can be part of your like vaginal maintenance routine? Okay, I'm going to tell you some things that you should not be doing or putting in there. Excellent. Okay, so one is uh, anything that's deodorant, tampons, deodorant pads. You know how they have like um, some extra sent to it right oh yeah we we are full lola tampon girls like (laughs) lola is like an organic tampon brand that's like organic cotton because and we know that because they're one of our sponsors but but in them becoming one of our sponsors we were awakened to this whole industry that puts really bad shit in your tampons that you just pick up at Dwayne reed or rite aid totally A, a lot of them have a lot of synthetic uh, and synthetic like fibers and right, fabric like stuff in cigarettes. Yeah, and and they have a lot of chemicals, just stuff that is completely unnecessary to have in a tampon that you're sticking in your body. So I, I just wish this I would have known this. Well, a lot of people are just very trusting and when assume was, like, oh, if it's sold in like Dwayne Reed, it's got to be fine, right? But it's not, mm. and I am just upset that I was using these horrible products and putting these bad chemicals in my body for so many years. Mm, I know, I know. So definitely, I also am totally for the organic ones. You can find them in most, like, Whole Foods and places like that. Yeah. It's much harder to find at, like, your typical Dwayne Reed or yeah. CVS. Right. Yeah. I just saw, I think they have them at Target now. I just saw some post about it. No, not Lola, but they have <coughs> organic, um, organic ones. Yeah. Ones. So if you don't want to do the subscription, yeah, if you want the subscription service, you can use our sponsor, Lola, we have the discount, of course. And they'll uh, mail them to you. And they'll mail them to you, which is nice. Um, but yeah, you can find them other places. This is, yeah, if you don't want to do like subscription services. Um, so don't put the scented ones in your vagina. Definitely not. And then also no need to be using soap, you know, down, down there at all. When you're in the shower? Yeah. Really? Because so if you're using like a scented soap, that's just throwing off the pH in the vagina. And so it's going to alter it and 
you just need water down there. Really? Mm-hmm. Your vagina is like a self-cleaning organ. You don't need to have soap down in there because it's perfectly fine yeah, I guess with just water. If you're using like some like, you know, scented bath and body works, I, I wouldn't put right. that anywhere no, near my do vagina. Not. No way. I wouldn't put that anywhere near it. I use like a vino sensitive skin body wash. Is that okay? <laughs> You can use it. I use so I use body washes too, but I just uh-huh. don't go down there. Yeah, like maybe a, not like in there. Like you know, right. if your butt but like, crack is sweaty, <laughs> exactly. Like like how up in there are we talking? No, you I would what? do butt crack. Definitely, butt okay, crack good. is fine. I'm glad we're not advocating not washing our butt cracks <laughs> this week. <laughs> no, I mean like yeah, but in like if you just like kind of work out, like you can like right you get can around like, the you area. can go on the creases, right. <laughs> <laughs> I would go in the thigh crease, okay. but I wouldn't go into the lips of the vagina with soap. Interesting. No need for that at all. all. Right. Definitely. Oh. No, go, go ahead. ahead. What other maintenance? Um, if you're using condoms, definitely do not use the Noxyl 9, uh, which is a spermicide that will coat some condoms because it causes um, There's a study that showed that it can actually cause an increase in HIV transmission um, because it creates irritation in the vagina. So, And a lot of women are just really, really sensitive, and they have then they end up getting yeast infections and all kinds of things. So, I mean, if you're using a condom, like, why do you also need spermicide, right? It's like yeah. one, one or the other, right? Yeah, so because people think that it's like extra protection, right. which I could see, but it just... The vagina just doesn't like nonoxyl 9. I would stay away. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I would definitely use condoms for sure. And because STDs are totally on the rise, I see them um, at the clinic all the time. Not that this episode is sponsored by Lola, but I just want to say Lola also makes condoms. Oh, really? (laughs) Made with good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I use, I I use, even with lube, I use like all, I only use organic ones. I, I won't use I wish I could remember the, the name of the one so I could tell our listeners. I'm gonna see if I can find it while while we air. Yeah, definitely yes. yes. Thank you for bringing up lube. Um, the kind that you would buy. Oh, first of all, KY jelly is total garbage. Yeah, don't use that shit. <laughs> yeah. I won't. I won't um, put that anywhere near. Nope, no, nowhere if you, near. If you read the label and if it ever says the words like parabens, which KY jelly does, um, you cannot parabens equal cancer so you want to just stay away from that and there's natural lubes um i don't have the name of of the ones that i was thinking i'm looking one up but um i'm trying to find the one that i that i use lola makes a lube wow (laughs) (laughs) lola is on lola someone email lola and tell them that we're doing them lots of favors this episode yes i have send samples i really want to like find the one that i have because it's really nice um, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up still. Oh, here it is. It's called Sliquid. <laughs> Slick, I know I, the name is so dumb, but, um, Sliquid Organics and yeah, it's glycerine and paraben free, free of propylene, glycol, and glyrosol. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like it. I first found about, found out about it on Goop. So and you, if, so and you if, know it's good. And if Gwyneth will use it on her <laughs> vagina, I'll use it on mine. Um, but yeah, it says that they're formulated for women's safety. They'll never cause UTIs or yeast infections. So yeah, you just got to be like careful what you put up there. So I use Sliquid. That's what I prefer. Yes. 
Also, another thing, um, you're dating someone and they are going to either, one, use fingers down there or f- they need to wash their hands. Yeah. Okay? Before they hook up with you. Absolutely. If they want to go down, you know, down there, they need to wash their hands. Scrub in like a surgeon. Yeah, because you don't know. Yeah. Like, it's just gross. Um, especially if you're, like, hanging on to the bars in the... Um, and the subway oh and the poles, I mean. Yeah, and then they're touching. Yeah, it's like, would you hump <laughs> the subway pole? Exactly. Subway poles? No. no. So don't let someone's hands who touch the subway pole touch. It's the same thing. Yeah. 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 Just like, would you nakedly <clears throat> hump anything where the hands have been? Probably not. Probably not. And so. then I would feel compelled to put soap on my vagina, even though I'm not yeah. supposed to. But that's how you'll get a, right. a UTI or a yeast infection is or something totally from, from the bacteria on people's fingers. Now, if a guy has like a sore throat, he's got white shit on his tongue, like a thrush, do not, or a cold sore, do not. Let him go downtown. No, absolutely not. That's interesting. I Obviously, I feel like we all know about the cold sore, but the sore throat, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily know not to do that. Not saying that I have. I mean, it's either going to be a virus or it's going to be strep. And I have seen women having coming in with strep vaginal infections <gasps> oh, from oh oral. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're going to be like, stick out your tongue. <laughs> Let me see your tongue. <laughs> it's pretty gross. People's tongues are pretty gross. Yeah. If it has a white coating. White coatings are bad. They need help. We had um my acupuncturist James Rohr who's also a relationship coach. He was a guest on our podcast a while back and he analyzed both Angela and my tongue. My tongue was not up to snuff if your, you remember correctly. Your tongue was not up to snuff. I, I can't t- go down on anyone. <laughs> I think your tongue was a little was a little pale. It was. And I'm like but you also, yeah. Nervous. And then he was like, your tongue's great, Laura. But also, Laura, you've been you've been seeing me every two weeks for two years. So, of course, your tongue is perfect. Right. So. <sighs> uh, let me see your tongue now. No, I'm afraid to stick it All out. Right. Then no one's going to want me to go down them. <laughs> <laughs> um, you also have a method for doing a, since we're talking about STDs, yeah. for doing a covert mini STD exam on a partner just like a doctor. How can one do this? Okay. All right. This is good. So I've been doing this for many years. And first of all, if you're going to go down on somebody for the first time, then you need to do an exam. Like uh, first, let's do a visual. Have some kind of light needs to be on. If you're doing fully dark, then you're going to have to do it and you're going to have to rely on your hand. If you feel any kind of weird, crazy bump on the penis, on the head, even along the um, like the hair in this pelvic area, you're going to stop <laughs> and not proceed because <laughs> there could be... Do gen- not proceed ahead on the road. <laughs> we could be gentle towards. He could have a herpes outbreak. I mean, these things exist. And sometimes guys have gentle warts and they don't even know what it is. And they're like, oh, it's just, it's been there for so many years. It's like a pimple, whatever. You have genital warts for years and don't know. And, or they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's I can see, like, women have to go to the gynecologist, like, at least once a year. Men don't have to. Like, exactly. So, like, to get a guy to go to a doctor, it's like, they they don't usually do it because they're, like, embarrassed and they don't take as good care of their. They're junk. They're junk as women do because women have to go. Like I remember one time, 
I, I had like a yeast infection. And I didn't know. <laughs> and like, and then I was like, I called. She's like, do you know how you have a yeast infection? I was like, no. She's like, you can feel it. I was like, no, I really like, I really had no idea. Sometimes they'll find things that you don't even know mm-hmm. you have, you know? Exactly. So you have to, if it's for, so first, if it's light out, great. It just gives you a little bit of a better edge on, on what's going on here. Um, you do a quick sweep, you kind of look around, you grab the balls, you feel if there's any kind of warts or anything, is it's all smooth, and then sort of proceed with caution. But if you feel something on the the shaft or anywhere along the ball area or even where the hair is, I would stop. So just they'll just think you're being like very handsy. It's all part right. of the Yeah, exactly. Like, you know. Um do you have any like I mean you shouldn't if you feel like a genital wart, you shouldn't feel awkward to be like, I'm not going to put that anywhere near me. Something just came up. Something just, <laughs> do you have any recommendations of how to get out of the sitch very quickly? I would say. Sometimes like these, it can be awkward. Even, oh, though, it is even awkward. though you shouldn't feel awkward, they're the one with the wart but like, <laughs> that they didn't well, know about. I guess you could like feign concern for them, right? And be like, do you think you would tell them why? Would you say like, hey, there's this bump. You should get that checked out. You should get that checked out. I'm not going to go near, put my mouth or anything else near that. You can, yeah, you can slowly kind of stop what you were doing and then like kind of lay next to him and and just, you know, get your hand off because then, and then he may want to, he's probably going to, you know, think like, okay, what are we doing next? Are we, um, are we going to proceed or, you know, he may try to get on top and you'd be like, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm really not, uh, my stomach, know, my stomach, my stomach hurts. <laughs> I have diarrhea. <laughs> no. uh, I feel kind of, I feel kind of sick. Or I'm looking at your ward. You know, I, okay, because I like, I'm a medical person and if I see something that looks like a genital wart, I will stop and I'll say, you know, um, this, this kind of looks like a, a little bit like a wart. Have you ever gotten this checked? <laughs> And then that'll totally his he'll get flaccid and then we'll end up stopping. And so that's a good out. That's a good yeah, out. Just, so you've had you real medical with it. You've had to do this with a guy you're hooking up with. This happened to me once. Yes. Oh my god! Tell us more. What went so down? So I saw, I want the play by play. So I saw this. Well, no, I felt it, and then I looked at it, and I was like, oh my god, totally a gentle to wart. Um, which kind of looks like... Um, and that's nice because you're a medical professional, so like you have the confidence to know what you're looking at. For me, I'd be like, I don't... What if, it, what if I'm wrong? And right. then I, I don't want to like, insult like his mole. His mole, his <laughs> penis mole. <laughs> yeah. Also, I would be like, if it is a wart, I'd be like, oh my God, ew. Like, can, can you like contract like warts on your fingers from like touching the, the penis mole? Probably, I right? would wash your hands. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, warts are contagious, dude. <laughs> they are. Um, but yeah, like I'm not confident in what I'm looking at, but you are. Okay, so anyway, so go ahead. So you were like, that is definitely a wart. Yeah, it would for sure was. And, he and were said, you guys both like close off at this point or like half? Like he, he was half and I was still fully clothed. Okay. And so I was like, oh, okay. And I said, how long has that been there? <laughs> and <laughs> he said, I've had that for years. Oh, my God. And I said, um, you need to get that checked. And then we just kind of stopped, and I just went to the bathroom and washed my hands and 
And I said, no, seriously, you need to get that checked. <laughs> and I guess coming as, as a medical professional, I And can, he knew what you did. Yeah, 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 he d- yeah. And so, um, well, I was nursing, but I feel like I knew, I mean, genital warts is, is like a fleshy color. It could also be, it could also look like brown as well, but it tends to have like, um, like the head of a cauliflower, like all little kind of little bumps all around. Kind it's kind of hard to like see. He probably can't, he can't get, his face can't get as close as your face was. So maybe he, yeah. You, you know what I mean? I mean, he could feel it because it, 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 yeah. it was a bump there, yeah. you know? And so he knew, but he was like, oh, I've had it for a long time. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, listen, you need to get that checked. And actually, he did go to dermatologist. This is the thing. A guy finds something on his penis. The last thing he wants is to have to get an injection of lidocaine to remove it from his penis. Yeah, that would be painful. Yeah, so got to be better than having warts. <laughs> so what did he do? How did he get it removed? He went to the dermatologist and had it removed. But I still didn't touch him after that because he's still carrying the virus. Yeah. Oh. Next. Wow. <laughs> um, Fascinating. Well, this is a great sex tip that if you're doing a one-night stand, keep the lights on at least at first. Yeah, keep the lights on. This is a reason to keep the lights on. So why do you think that he was like, oh, I've had that for years. Like In his head, do you think he was like, oh, if this was an issue, it would have spread or it would have gotten huge or right like and he, some, he would have thought like oh it would have grown to be ex- the size of a grape <laughs> if it was a real issue exactly and usually with genital warts sometimes you can just have one solitary one and it could be there for the rest of your life if you do nothing to it or it could spread but the thing is is that if a woman contracts genital warts then she can she has the possibility of getting um, cervical cancer and so it's really oh. fucked up for women to get this. If man walks around with his genital warts for the rest of his life, he doesn't get, you know, necessarily cancer on his penis, but he'll spread it to women, and then she can get um, abnormal pap smears and cervical cancer from it. Wow. So, you know, this is a good lesson to maybe, like, don't feel so bad if you're inquiring about a mole. Exactly. And if you are both unsure, there is always Google image search. And also, as we know, you could have a glorious penis that looks like a statue and they could still have STIs. So just get checked, people. Talk to your doctor if you want to know about birth control. Also, some people love birth control. Some people don't. Everyone's different. Same with procedures and O-shots. And just, you know, do your research. Talk to your doctor. We're just, you know, Margaret's a professional, but we're just normal chicks. Right. Who... Are, do not advocate unprotected sex and want you to know that uh, even perfect dicks could be dirty. That's your disclaimer for the episode. <laughs> now let's jump into what's in the news. Angela, what have you been reading about in the news? Okay, so I was reading Mashable, which usually reports on technology type things, but they're they're branching out into the topic of masturbation. And Rachel Thompson wrote a piece called All the Puzzling Things That Happen to Your Body When You Masturbate Explained by Science. So we're going to go through some weird things that happened to you. Um, They spoke to scientists and doctors and sexologists and all these things. Okay, so first weird thing that can happen, that you can't pee immediately after you orgasm. Have have you experienced this? Never paid attention. Apparently, you cannot pee. Uh, Do do you know about this? No. Okay, so the reason is uh, it's something that affects people with penises and vaginas, and it's because you have the same neural arousal system, which uh, controls the bladder and moderates the process of sexual arousal. 
Um, so it says the body is built to keep the two functions separate because the uric acid in your pee can damage sperm. So your body just like naturally separates those two functions and that's why you can't pee right away. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing is why can people with vulvas keep on masturbating after orgasming? Because, uh, you know, guys, like, they come and they have to, like, take a break. But I guess for women, you can keep going. Um, so mm. they said that... Can you, though? Like, I feel like it's, like, ultra-sensitive. You well, kind of so need to be like, whoa, whoa, okay, all right. Weirdly, they cover both of these things. They they cover why women are, are like... Why it doesn't always feel good when somebody's being too intense. But I think that this kind of means, like, multiple orgasms. Oh, okay. Um, which, like... <laughs> have you ever experienced a multiple orgasm? Me? Yes. Because I feel like it's hard to know exactly what that is. No, yeah. I like Until it happens, then you're like, oh, that's what that, that must be what that is. Because not like in a, not from like one thing, but like, I guess if you keep going, yes. Interesting. Interesting. I like, it's only happened to me like a couple times. Yeah, not a lot. But basically it just feels like a long orgasm. It doesn't feel like multiple ones to me. Oh. No, I don't know. I know. Different experience. Okay. Well, anyway, the too long didn't read version or explanation is people with vul vulvas have multiple orgasms and people with penises cannot. Women are bottomless pits, apparently, when it comes to orgasms. Is this true? Let's ask the, let's ask the expert. It's men typically have to wait in order, you know, wait a while some men get flaccid after, and then they have to wait like 15 or 20 minutes to get hard again. And other men have been able to keep an erection, come, and then keep the erection, and keep going, keep going, keep going, have another. So it really depends. It's so different. And women, yes, we are capable of having multiples. Like we don't necessarily need to like wait and like rest for like 15 or 20 minutes. We can just kind of keep going and... For some women, it may take a little while, and for other women, it, they sort of come in waves and um, happen pretty frequently. Right. They call it the post-coital refractory period. Um, so apparently, have you ever gotten a red rash on your chest after orgasming? Can you stop asking, pointing? <laughs> I don't. How about you I answer never, these questions instead of so pointing them to them? Is this a typical thing that you hear about, red rash after orgasming? Women get really flushed. From, I'd say, here, um, above their, where am I, like, mid-chest. Yeah. To, I've seen all of this kind of get really red. But not necessarily a rash. Yeah, I've never had a rash. Say. Yeah, I've always assumed it was just from, like, the friction of people's bodies rubbing together. Why, you've gotten rashes? Um, like... Yeah, on my arm and I, my face, I feel like, but I've always just assumed it's like from someone's beard or whatever, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't call it a rash, but it's like raised red skin that like goes away pretty quickly. <laughs> That's a rash. That's very but much like, a rash. Like, it's not like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's not like a. It's like these weird like hives. Red, red bones. <laughs> uh, raised right. red skin. You're so funny. Um, so, no, I mean, I, I, I get, like, flushed in the face. Like, I'll look at my face in the mirror after sex, and I'm like, right. oh, I'm very rosy. But, I've no, I've never gotten a rash. So, yeah, they call it Neither. sex flush, um, and it's from vas vasocongestion, which is a word that came up a lot in this article, and it's just basically when all your blood starts flowing to a certain point in your body. Um, and I guess it's, like, the blood on its way to the clitoris. And, Interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some weird stuff happens when you masturbate. Very interesting. 
Very yeah. cool. Thanks for sharing. No problem. You, uh, any cool. any other interesting masturbation facts that you know that maybe weren't in the article? Hmm. Or orgasm facts. Or, sorry, orgasm facts. I was focusing on masturbation, but it's really all about orgasms. Hmm. Well, you know what? I um. Have we? Are we talking about how about toys? Sure. For, yeah. What about them? We'll always talk about toys. <laughs> <laughs> so there's um. This one that, so I know that there are some women who definitely can only climax when they use toys and some women who really have a hard time, don't really like it and prefer just one-on-one with someone. So yeah, I, I, have a, I have a friend who can only orgasm with a vibrator. Yeah. She just brings it out when she, and like guys, I guess the guys don't really seem to mind. So your body has now gotten used to that, responding to that only. And then so therefore, regular stimulation with with hands or a mouth or a penis without that like vibration is not enough. So you kind of train, it's like you've trained your body. Yes. And so you you can untrain, definitely. And you would just stop using and, and start doing without that and getting off and being rely- and relying on a vibrator. But anyway, so I found this really great one. I talk about it all the time because I freaking love it. It's <laughs> called the Satisfier. Have you heard of it? No. No. Um you got you have to see, have I'm going to look it picture. up right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 cuz they're going to there's like a so it's like a little handle and on the end of it is like um like a circle and and it's it acts like a suction. Oh, you know oh. what it looks like, Angela? It looks like, have you ever seen those facial scrubbers? Yes, it does. Like, <laughs> yes. what, what, like those supersonic. Um, exactly. What, what, that what like it, swirl. That <clears throat> swirl to clean your face that you like Sephora is always pimping them out. Yeah, I don't know what they're called, but it looks I know like, what you mean. It looks just like that, right? Yes. Yeah. So it like kind of it sucks. suctions your your clit? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. All right. And so, and then it's got like <laughs> 11 speeds. You can put it in water. You can do it in your bathtub. Um, and it pulls it. Not hard. Not hard. But very gently. And because, you know, the, a lot of women also get off on having, you know, guys going down on them um, or women or whatever. So this acts like that. It will, because, you know, usually it's a vibrator, you have to go in and out. Right. And sometimes women don't, you know, don't come like that. They prefer like oral stimulation. So this kind of acts like that. Very cool. Did you see a picture? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll reach out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they can be a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that you could, um, that you could train your body to only orgasm one way. That's a fact I did not know. And yeah, that totally. you can untrain it. And that's important. It. That is. All right, you want to know what I've been reading about? Yeah. I've been reading our favorite Cosmo. Sexy. This is an article by Frank Cabala. Cabola. <laughs> 12 guys on what they're most self-conscious about during sex. Aww. So I picked a few things. I wanted to read these and get our female opinion on them. So this is Tim. He's 28. He says, quote, I tend to sweat a lot. I'm less concerned about being sweaty and more concerned about my sex swamp ass. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to read these and I'm curious to know like these are things that guys are self-conscious about and I want to know if these are things that have ever bothered you guys in when you're hooking up with a guy. Has sex swamp ass. <laughs> should he, should, is he right to be self-conscious about that? 
Um, I think it's normal to be sweating usually during sex, but I I guess I've never been with somebody who like it was so bad that their like ass was slippery or anything. But <laughs> in general, it's normal to sweat. I think. So there's a condition where people actually have excessively sweat and even if it's cold outside. And so I've never been with somebody, though, that is like that. So, But I think regular sweating, I think that's par for the course. Right, right. Like you should should be working hard. Yeah. And there's there's things you can do if you have like excessive sweating. Like there's there's a laser that you can get for under your arms. Yes. I think even like Botox in your armpits mm-hmm. I've, I've read about. Yep. So, But can you get it in your ass crack? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Angela. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. Kyle says, my facial expressions. I'm worried I look like a semi-pro wrestler trying to pretend he's in excruciating pain. Has a guy's facial expressions ever bothered you? Yes. Yeah. Really? Yes. Totally. Oh, see, I feel like I'm the opposite where I'm like, I like an emotive person like if they're like blank while they're coming i'm just like is this feel good (laughs) i don't want blank but there are just certain faces where you're like well that's ruining this whole experience (laughs) absolutely like what what kind of faces are weirding you out there was this ex of mine from many 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 years ago and he had he was not great it he was very quick and um i sent him Okay, this may sound like a bitch. I sent him to a urologist because I was like, you need help with that because I can't do this anymore. Um, nicest guy in the world. Why a urologist for coming too soon? They help with that? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. There's like pills and all kinds of things they can do. Um, so, and at the time, this is when I was probably like late 20s. And I said, no, I don't know what you're going to do, but you better see somebody about it. So he goes to a urologist, and then he also reads the book. Um, something about, um, oh, uh, damn, how, what is the name of that book? Like, for men, about having multiple orgasms or something. Oh, okay. Okay. So he reads this book. We break up for like a month. He goes off. He does his thing. He comes back. And then I, I don't know if the book said something like, like you have to really concentrate, you have to like hold it back. I mean, it is just... a lot of mental. Right. So then he had he developed like this facial expression. <laughs> so now you're like, I got we got a new problem. Yeah, I'm like, I know I can't handle this. Like <laughs> you're you I it was such a turnoff that I we broke up. We eventually just broke up. I couldn't. Oh, poor guy. I know. I felt so bad. No. Well, it sounds like he was like not even in the moment because he was just trying to get to a mental place where he was totally. Like, I can't he was not even. I was. He, I, I felt like I wasn't even there. He was just like concentrating and like forcing and like stopping and then like going. But then it looked like he was on the verge. And then yeah, he, he must was have just, read too much about like I don't know because there's things you can do right. There, edging. Yeah. Is something yeah. we read about. On a couple podcasts ago about ways to to last longer, right? Yeah, we 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 read an article that was like twelve ways to last longer, and like edging was one of them. That's where you like you like are hooking right up to the edge, right up to the in. edge of the orgasm. But you gotta be really careful because if you go like, you know, exactly, if you go too close, then it just comes. You know, yeah. But anyway, so maybe he was trying to edge with you. Who knows? <laughs> You'll never know. All right, next up, talking in general. This is Luke talking in general. Like I don't know what you're supposed to say. I feel like that's something that probably we all get self-conscious about, right? 
Yeah. What, I, to, what to say when you're in bed. I identify with that, but also because I do, I want to be with someone who knows what they're doing. So you, you need that yin and yang. If you're not good at it, maybe find somebody who is. Is Ian good at it? Not so much. But that's <laughs> because I think you've told me before where you'll try to talk and then he's like, because he's deaf in one ear. He's like, yeah, what? It's hard what? Because, because otherwise the <laughs> other option is to just like really project and that's like, I don't feel sexy when I'm shouting. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm. So, but whatever, we, we make it work. Nick's not even deaf and a couple times he's been like, I've said something and he'd be like, what? Are you okay? Did I hurt? And I was like, no, I'm, I was trying to, never mind. Just trying nope. to have a dialogue here. Everything's, 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 everything's good. I'll shut up now. Oh, what about you? Are, I, you? are you a talker? Yeah, I can totally be a talker. Because especially if they kind of don't know what I like, which, you know, no one knew knows that much. I feel like I have to guide them. And I'm okay with it. I'm not shy at all. You have a very like calming voice too, like a very a voice that I feel like is good for sexy for, times. For sexy talk. Is that I hope that's the compliment. <laughs> People have said that, yes. <laughs> okay. I'm not the first. All right. I'll read a couple more of these. Um this is uh uh number four. I think we hear so many jokes and things on TV about women faking it that it's gotten into my head. And I'd like to think I can tell if my partner isn't into it. But it's definitely something in the back of my mind a lot like, what if you're not as good as you thought? This is Jeremy. He's 26. So, I mean, Jeremy, hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I don't have much advice for you there. Just hopefully you can tell, right? Like, I I think, like, there's a little bit of throbbing that happens when someone's coming. There's moisture. Yeah. Hopefully I mean, you can tell. But also hopefully you just I feel like the older you get, you're gonna you're gonna slowly women get more confidence and they're gonna like not fake it. They're mm-hmm. gonna they're not gonna wanna fake it. And that's the kind of thing on women. And if the woman fakes it, that's not really a reflection of you. It's a reflection of like their kind of self their self consciousness to like not tell you what feels exactly, good to them. Exactly. Exactly. So if a woman fakes it, like that's not necessarily on you. Like it's kind of on them to tell you and like if it takes you an hour, like they shouldn't fake it before the hour. <laughs> you know, yeah. like they should they should be more honest with you. So I would say don't get self-conscious, right? Right. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Totally. I'll read a couple more. Um, I think this is from Nick. Not my Nick. <laughs> this is a 28-year-old Nick. I think the only part I feel really self-conscious about is the actual act of pulling out when it's over. When is it okay? I feel like immediately is rude, but waiting too long is also awkward. This is an interesting thing I've never heard, I've never really like thought about. But like, after a guy comes, like, how long should he wait to pull out? After he comes, or yeah, if he's like it's not pulling out like, before he comes. No, no, after he comes, like whether it's in a condom or if you're in a committed relationship and it's inside you, like how long does he keep the penis in you after he comes? I mean, hmm. I'm like not trying to get pregnant, even though I take precautions. So I'm like always pull out. So I'm not the one to ask, ladies. You have the floor. You know, I think that, um, I don't know. I've never really thought about that. Sometimes I've never thought about it either. Sometimes I think it just depends on the guy. If they want to just hurry up and, like, get up and out and, like, clean up. Or if they want to just lay there with you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't want them, like, it's, like, weird having, because it's flaccid after. You don't want them, like, (laughs) being there for, like, five minutes. But I kind of like the like bonding after where it's like you're like both just, you know, you come and it's like, but you're still connected. Right. 
Well, you totally. can tell if the other person's into it, right? Yeah. I mean, just into what? Like the cuddling in, while in, you're inside them or if they've like oh. moved on. I mean, I wouldn't like go as far as like, I wouldn't cuddle or whatever with them you while inside it. me, but like just kind of holding each other for that, for like a little bit of time is yeah. nice. You know? Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, oh, wait, I got one more I want to read you. This is from Shane. He's 27. He says, I have really hairy feet. If it's the first time I'm with someone new, I tend to keep my socks on if I can. If it's not, it's not like it's a total deal breaker and it doesn't give me an, uh, it's not like it's a total deal breaker and it doesn't give me an anxiety attack or anything, but I'm also not about to ruin the mood by brushing against her leg with my hobbit feet. Uh, Have somebody's hairy body or specifically hairy feet ever been an issue with you guys? No. I think socks are more of an issue. Yeah, totally. I was going to just say that. I'd way rather deal with I would be like, socks. Yeah. Right? I, I'm kind of with you guys, too. And if they're, I don't know, like, where is it hairy? By the toes? Like, you can just <laughs> shave it. Yeah, guys. And guys are, like, a little bit more hairy. I think it's in his head. Yeah, I don't mind if a guy has hairy feet. No. It's fine. All right. Well, that's these are things guys are self-conscious about. Hopefully, we've dispelled at least a few, or maybe we've uh, added fuel to the fire on other ones. <laughs> Um, but now it is time for us to jump into the mailbox. But first, let's take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors. We would like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. Angela and I have been using Squarespace for a very long time, way before they were ever even a sponsor of our show. We heard that they were the best for anyone, no matter what you do. You could be podcasters, sketch comedians like we are, authors, or you could do industries and have careers that we don't know anything about, like Architects, you can have a Squarespace. Uh, restaurateurs, Squarespace for you. Uh, makeup artists, put your shit on Squarespace. Although, although um, Angela, you you've mastered the smoky eyes, so maybe you consider yourself a makeup artist. Yeah, now. maybe I'll listen. I have a Squarespace website. I can do whatever I want with it. Maybe I'll just upload pictures of my face. Yeah, you could be a real estate broker. Whatever it is, Squarespace is great for you. You can turn your cool idea into a new website, blog or publish content, showcase your work, sell products. We've got our single shop on our Squarespace uh, site. What else do we got? We, we got have a gallery of pictures. We've got events. An events page. Yes, we. You can listen to our podcast directly from our Squarespace website. We have a. We have a page just for our podcast, a page just for our book. We've got a contact page, a press page, and then we've got our own personal websites. Anyways, we love Squarespace. If you want to check out the sites we personally created ourselves, we didn't have we didn't have a professional website creator. We did this ourselves, and it looks pretty good. Yeah, and it's, neither of us really knew what we were doing in the beginning at all. No, it's this is why your single show.com, or you could also go to this is why your single book.com. They go to the same place. Uh, lauralane.com, angelaspera.com, nickloveslaura.com <laughs> was my wedding website, femfairytales.com is my new sketch shows website. So these are all sites that we created on Squarespace. Um, so if you're going to create your own Squarespace website, it's going to look great because they have beautiful templates created by world-class designers. They also have a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. That's how we got our fun domains. And they have 24-7 award-winning customer service if you ever need any help. Yes. And if you guys want to try out your own Squarespace website, all you got to do is go to squarespace.com slash single for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use our offer code single to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com slash single for a free trial. And when you are ready to launch, use 
the offer code SINGLE and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We would like to thank our sponsor, Third Love. Third Love are these like amazingly perfect fitted bras that I'm obsessed with. I've been hearing about them, so I was so excited when they became a sponsor on our podcast. What they do is using thousands of real women's measurements, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind so that they fit impeccably and feel even better. I've talked about on the podcast before about not knowing what size I was, you know, and when I was pregnant, my boobs were always changing. And this was so helpful to like figure out what exact bra size I, I needed. Yeah, and their quiz is really easy too. Like they, uh, even if you don't have like a measuring tape out to measure your boobs, they they have visuals of what different boobs look like, and they're like, which one looks like your boobs? Oh my god, that was actually my favorite part. Was they had like all these different pictures of boobs, or they're like drawings, you know? Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, they're not graphic. Um, and then they say like, what do your boobs look like? And I didn't know because I have like self dysmorphia, so I just like took off my shirt and bra and was like, Nick, help me fit. Fill out this quiz. Look at my boobs. Which one does? Which picture do my boobs look like? And Nick was like, "Uh," <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he's like, I think you're in between these two, but you're more this one. And then they pick a bra that they think like is best for that type of 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 breasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Is I I had a lot of fun doing the quiz. Me, so did I. And <laughs> I love to tempt HR, so I did mine at work. Oh, okay. I just had pictures of boobs up. Good it was for you. fine. You'll be fine. Um, and the really cool thing about Third Love is they also have most sizes of any bra. Um, they have cups from A through H, bands up to 48, and each sign is, uh, size is designed specifically for the perfect fit. One really cool thing that I love is they have straps that won't slip, and they also have ultra-smooth fabrics. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I like that when you, you know, you don't want to like, you don't want to like see... A bunch of like lines under your shirt. Exactly. They're comfortable and they look good. Yes. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash single now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash single for 15% off today. Angela, what do we have in the mailbox for Margaret to help us answer? Okay. First up, we have an email from our listener, Julia. Julia writes, wanted to get some quick sex advice because this has been really playing on my mind. My boyfriend and I are both 20. We've been together a year and he's my best friend and I love him so much. He was a virgin when we started going out, whereas I had a fair amount of sexual experience and it took a long time to build up to doing sexual stuff together as he wanted to take it slow. I never pressured him into doing anything, and eventually last summer we had sex for the first time. However, since then, not a lot has happened. Granted, we have tried a couple times and have had trouble getting it in, so we gave up. But if I suggest we try or initiate, he normally just says he's too tired, he has a headache, or let's wait till later, and we never have sex. He loves blowjobs, and I know he finds me attractive, but whenever I try and initiate actual sex, I get shut down. I love the boy to pieces, and I don't want to break up over this, but I have quite a high sex drive, and while I'd never ever cheat, I recently have uh, caught myself looking at other guys in a sexual way, which I never normally do. I think it's starting to get to me. What should I do? Mm. I mean, has I'm wondering if she's sat down and talked to him about it and said, you know what, babe, I, 
I'm not sure what's going on, but, you know, you don't really ever seem to be interested in having sex anymore. And is there something wrong? Like, just tell me. Right. Yeah, because I think that's one of the big problems is, like, he has whatever he has going on, but this is something that's important to her. And if he knows about that, then he should be, like... I mean, it sounds like she's kind of tried to bring it up, and he, if I had to guess, he's, like, embarrassed. He feels like he doesn't really know how to have sex sex because he can't get it in and it's awkward and he's like uh this is like stressing me out let's just go down on each other and and so he's making excuses every time she tries to bring it up he's like oh yeah no I, I would but I'm like just like too tired for that or like oh let's do that later he it seems to be like if I had to guess like a conversation he doesn't want to have so if she really wants to have this conversation I agree with Margaret she needs to like Instead of like bring it up like right as they're hooking up is like kind of a casual thing like, hey, let's have sex. I think she needs to like sit him down and be like, hey, I really like you. I want to have sex. Let's figure this out together and learn each other's bodies. And and because this is important to me, so I need it to be important to you. But I'm also I would guess he's probably pretty self-conscious because he knows that she's more experienced than him. And I would think that's getting in his head. So I, I wonder, is there something she could say to give him a little bit more confidence so that he isn't self-conscious about the fact that she has more experience than him? I mean, I think that she could say, like, it feels really good when they have sex, you know, like... I mean, but it kind of sure. doesn't because they haven't been able to get it in. Well, I also... Do you think that lube <laughs> could help with that issue, the, the not getting well, it I, in? Well, I'm, what I'm wondering is, is he so flaccid that it can't go in? Or is it that he... I mean, because... If he's erect, then she can guide him to to where she can put it uh, in. Yeah, yeah, with her hand. Right, right. Or or is he just flaccid? He's not into it. And if he's not into it, then well, then let's have a conversation about this. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure which way. I took it as like, you know how sometimes like when you're like first having sex with a new person, you kind of like stumble. But yeah, like if you work at it, you yeah, can get it in there. Yeah. So I guess maybe like you know figure out what the issue is, guide him more, and and also maybe, like, say something to kind of boost up his confidence. Say, like, hey, I know I may have had other partners before you, but, you know, they, they, they didn't mean as much as you do. I want to have sex with you more than I ever wanted to have sex with them. You know, give say something to boost this guy's confidence. Cause yeah. I think it's probably, like, a little bit of, like, confidence is getting in there. Yeah. Like and then when he is doing the things that you love, like if he goes down and he does an amazing job, then definitely tell him all the time that you love this. You, I love the way you, when you do this, or I love when you do that. While he's doing it, even after, yeah, yeah, encouragement. Uh, what else do we have in the <laughs> mailbox? Okay, now we have a question from an anonymous listener, and they write, just want to say I love your podcast. It's been super helpful in my first year of college as I navigate dating and hookup culture here. Very cool. Yeah, glad to help. Um, she says, I've had sex slash hooked up with 10 guys in my mostly adult lifetime, and I have never had an orgasm. Like, never, ever, ever. Haven't even been close. Initially, I thought it, I was just hooking up with guys that weren't good, but I feel like 10 guys is a healthy number to get a wide range of experience. Some were my age, some were older. Nevertheless, I have never had an orgasm with another person. Foreplay is always great for me with men and giving, if you know what I mean, turns me on a lot, but intercourse really doesn't do it for me. In fact, I'm kind of averse to it. 
However, I do masturbate a healthy amount, and most of my scenarios are of intercourse with men, and the orgasm is great. Is it possible that I just like the idea of having sex with men as opposed to the actual act? What do I do to fix this if possible? I should mention that I'm bisexual and I've, I have made out with women before but never had sex with one. Is it possible I'm gay? I need your wisdom. Okay, so wait, did she say that she does orgasm um, on her own through self-pleasure? Right, yeah. She does for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, but just not with. With men or or women, with when she's with someone else, she doesn't. She said she's never she's never she made with out guys. with a woman, but she's never had sex with one. So, yeah. but yeah, so never yeah never with a partner. She's never orgasmed. Yeah, okay. She's never tried with a woman, but she has never orgasmed with the ten guys that she's been with. She has through self pleasure. Okay, so this is really good because I find that it's really it, it can be so easy for women. We know exactly what turns us on. We know. How to touch, how how strong, how deep, is it just fingers, is it something inside, is it with a toy, is it without? And and so if she knows her body, which I feel like all women need to know, you can't rely on a man to like come through the door and like give you an orgasm because you have to really know that on for yourself. And then you have to actually kind of like I hate to use this word, but I'm gonna use it. Train a man or woman, whoever you're with, your partner, to kind of, to know exactly what it is, like, and guide them and talk through it. And they're like, no, I don't, can you do it like this or right there? Slower. Or, exactly. Or let's try this position. Or maybe if you are doing, you know, if you're orgasming and you're using your finger to stimulate your clitoris, like what about doing that while they're inside you? Or... Something like that. Like, how, do different ways. Just try different ways and then totally guide them and don't feel weird about that or anything. She also says, like, foreplay is great for her. It's just, like, intercourse that that is not getting her off. And, like, I think that's pretty common for a it lot totally of women. Is. Like, yeah. personally, I've only had clitoral orgasms. I've not had vaginal orgasms. Um, and I think that's the case with like a lot of women so totally like, don't be afraid yeah. to like communicate that i think to guys like that you prefer more time spent like upstairs yeah than up in yeah it's like vagina. amy schumer and trainwreck like everything important is at the top exactly <laughs> <laughs> also she says i've had sex or hooked up with 10 guys but she hasn't said whether any of those have been like longer-ish relationships. Right. So going off of what Margaret said, it takes a little while for somebody to really learn your body and learn what feels good to mm-hmm. you. So if these are just like kind of like ten hookups, like random hookups, like I would I would say like I'm honestly like not that surprised that like a random hookup maybe didn't get you off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you're in your first year of college, like these college dudes like they don't know. They don't know. They don't yeah. freaking know. This isn't you. They don't know. And they're like, honestly, a little selfish, narcissistic in my personal experience. Yep. So. It's true. And and she says older, but even if they're older, like three years older, they're still probably yeah. pretty young. No. Yes. And like, so. and just like if you're hooking up with a guy just on a random night, like, I don't know, unless you've got a really nice guy, like he's probably like thinking about himself a little more than he's thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to generalize there. I'm gonna, ge- I'm gonna fair, ge- fair generalization. I'm gonna generalize from my own personal experience, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I'm not surprised because these have not been longerish relationships where someone gets to know your body and you really can like have some practice in 
doing the advice that Margaret said, which was to kind of talk them through things. So, so you know, try it where you are very explicitly telling them what you want. Also, something we talked about earlier on the podcast, um, I'm curious to know when you say that you've, uh, you know, from self-pleasure you can orgasm. I'm curious to know if you're using toys when you're self-pleasuring. And if your body has been now trained to only orgasm that way, like what Margaret said, can happen. So maybe you want to try incorporating toys when you're hooking up with a guy. Totally. And see if that helps. Yeah, I like that idea. So we hope that's helpful. Let us know. If you want your listener questions answered or if you have any funny messages from an app or text that you want to share, email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Uh, please keep all inquiries under a paragraph. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive into our reason of the week. This week's reason is living libido loco. So we talk, we've talked a lot about sex on this podcast, but let's talk a little bit more, anything we possibly have left out. Um, what exactly is a libido, for those that don't know? Mm, great question. It is the... Um, it's the feeling of turn on when you are around someone that you are very attracted to. And so you'll start to feel, you'll start to lubricate if you're you know, a woman, you lubricate. Um, I think there was a study that said that when a woman is, gosh, was it 15 feet around a man, they naturally will start to lubricate. Whoa, never heard that study. Yeah, That's wow. interesting. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess not any man. Right, because producer Nick is in the room right now. Are you wet, Angela? <laughs> I'm not lubricating. <laughs> is my husband making you wet? <laughs> I just, for the record, I'm not lubricating. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> I like to make my best friends uncomfortable. It's that want, it's that desire to want to have sex. And it's, it's like, it's very animalistic. So if somebody is suffering from a low libido, we've talked about like how they can come in and, and see uh, you or like what kind of doctors, if you know, if you don't live in New York, like who, what would you research to go see or who would you research? Good question. Okay. So. Because yeah, I wouldn't have even thought a urologist for, for the, for, for the guy. Man. Yeah. You sent your guy when he was coming too quick to a urologist. What for, for, yeah, for those just expanding on Angela's question, what doctors should people be going to see about these issues? So, I, you know, GYNs, you know, you would think a low libido, but if the GYN isn't really versed on um, testosterone or clitoral cream or scream cream, there are only those of us who are really like sexual health is our jam. Like GYNs will do your pap and see if you have an STD or um, is it a yeast infection or not. Um, the majority of them, I don't think that they know how to do the O shot. That takes special training. Um, it also takes special training to know how much testosterone to give, what you should add, or, you know, hormone replacement, things like that. So it's not necessarily something that all GYNs will know how to do. So you'll have to kind of, you know, find someone that really specializes in women's health and sexual health. Okay. Is there anything you can do at home yourself to like, or like buy any products you can buy? You know, I feel like self-pleasure is 
a great thing for women to do to help boost up the libido. I don't think that women do it enough. I think that even women who are single, um, that is the women who are single, who do not have a boyfriend, um, they're the ones that really need to be doing the self-pleasuring. How, how often? Oh, I mean, I would love it if you can do it every day. They would probably love it too. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And giving yourself time. And it has so many other perks too, right? Like, I I we've read articles about this. Well, it's relaxing. I feel like it reduces anxiety a little bit. And I think you you read an article a while back about doing it on your period can help with period cramps. Am I making that up? That feels like something we read, but I don't exactly remember. Yeah, whatever. It has. I feel like orgasms have a lot of perks throughout your life. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And you know, if you have. I, I think we can all make time, but if you can add in some, you know, not only the time, but like maybe lighting a candle or two or having a nice bath and just really devoting the time to you, to pleasuring yourself, I think that's super, super important. Nice. little self-care me time. Yeah. Absolutely. Touch yourself. I love that. And on that note, it is time for our Reason of the Week Breakdown. If your mojo is feeling low, you need to get your groove back. We're going to help you do that by expanding your sexy vocabulary in a game we call Horny or Hungry. So we're going to read a word, and Margaret, you have to guess if that word means hungry or horny. Okay. Okay. All right. Calloused. Hungry. It's a word for horny. It's a word for horny. Angela found it on the internet. And if the internet says it, it's true. Um, Licorice, spelled L-I-C-K, licorice. Is that hungry or horny? Hungry. (laughs) Actually, it's horny. Uh, Ravenous. I would say horny. You know, I'm going to give it to you because I think that one's both. Yeah, I guess you can be hungry for sex. I'm, I've, I've been like, I'm ravenous for you. Yeah, I, I, would, <laughs> I, I would say that's for both. Okay. Um, oh, uh, my turn. A flame. Horny. Yes. You sure are. Audacious. Are you hungry or are you horny? Hungry. You sure are. A thirst. Are you hungry or horny? Horny. You're hungry. But I, you know what? I think that one could work too. Well, thirst is a common one now. Yeah, I'm thirst, horny. thirsty. Yeah. Shit. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm reversing. <laughs> okay. The, the right. judges have reversed there's, their decision. There's definitely a fine line. Yeah. Uh, goatish. Hungry. It's actually a word for horny, and it's a very unsexy word I was going to say, like, next time you're dirty talking, definitely say, I'm so goatish. No, please don't. Beb. I don't so like that word. How do you word. spell that? Oh, like a goat, <laughs> and then ish at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's that a very sense. non-sexy word. Yeah. Um, okay, next, gr- gr- granitic? Granitic? Granitic. Granitic. Hungry. We have created quite Horny. the tricky quiz. <laughs> Whoa. Also a not very sexy word. Uh, piggish. Um, hungry. Yeah, yes. that one's pretty, yeah. And finally, rutting. Rutting? R-U-T-T-I-N-G. Horny. 
Yep, going you out on the horny it. bang. Um, that was a tough quiz. I would say a lot of the words, some of them could be pretty interchangeable, but but uh, great job. Uh, we hope that this was an enlightening podcast for all of you listeners, and we hope we have cleared up this week's reason, because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Margaret Romero. If you're in New York, you can make an appointment at FemMed by going to www.femmed.com. Um, you can also check out Margaret's podcast, The Sacred Medicine Podcast, on iTunes. Any other plugs we should tell people about? No, I think that's it. That covers it. Um, well, thank you so much for taking time. I learned a lot. and I an- learned a lot. Angela and I will be making uh, appointments at your office very soon. <laughs> uh, check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook is available on Audible. Yep, and you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page on thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. This is why you're single. 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 That was a HeadGum Podcast.